I was intimidated a lot of times. I, I was I was very aware of my intimidation and I didn't know how to get past it because mm. I felt like if I said something, I was just gonna feel stupid. Mm. And I had to learn how to speak my mind yep. confidently. Be confident. Yep. And and even say some things sometimes that might sound crazy. Yeah. And it took me a while to get there. Yeah. It took me a long time to get there. Hey, I'm excited to be on your podcast. You're my friend. Thank you for inviting me on the Re-Leader Podcast. The Re-Leader Podcast. And I didn't know if the email got sent to the wrong Brent in your phone. Nope. Or if it was actually Brenton. for me. Brenton.Evans.XOMarriage.com. Uh, you know the story of Brenton, don't you? No, I need to hear it. So Jimmy Evans, who uh, helped, I know him. helped yep. provide life for me. Yep. Was, was half Let's of the not equation. talk about that for too long, though, because it gets weird. Uh, he uh, he wanted to give his son a name because he didn't really have a great name, mm-hmm. and he wasn't James turned into Jimmy. He was just Jimmy. Just Jimmy. And both of his brothers had weird kind of iterations of names, and it was all so basic. And so he wanted to give me a name that was, I don't know, they came up with Brenton, and this was in 1977. <laughs> So Brenton actually is not too too bad, but if you look at the meaning of Brenton, it's uh, it means from a burnt hill. No, it does not. It's, a, it's like a Welsh English name from a burnt hill, <laughs> and so the the they didn't spend a lot of time learning about the origins of the name, but the name Brenton is not good. So things bad. come from a burnt hill. So I like the name Brenton. Ten Commandments, but came a lot from of people get tripped up on Brenton. They think Brendan or Brandon, and so and so growing up in Amarillo, everyone knew me as Brent. So, and then I tried to go to Brenton at one point and then it would just slap me back down to Brent. I'm fine with either one, but, uh, my, my real friends, they, they call me Brenton. I call you Brenton all the time. I feel like you get mad at me when I do, but you could call me Jonathan if you want to. I call you Jonathan all the time. Yeah. So before, before we get into re-leader stuff, I really feel like I need to take some time and just talk about how even this re-leader podcast is a lot from your help. And I just feel like all my listeners should know the impact that you had on this. And we started talking about, I shared my heart with you on Real Eater a long time ago because I wrote that book last summer of 2022. And I've just been sitting on it, not knowing what I'm going to do. You were building this building, which by the way, if you're a listener or a viewer and you're in South Lake, Texas, you have got to come check out XO, their new headquarters. It's unbelievable. But we're in the studio at XO. So, I just have to say you're a huge part of Releader. You've helped me with the podcast. You've helped me launch a lot of the the Substack, the website, all that kind of stuff. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I just well, want everybody to know that. Well, it was really divine that we had the conversation when we did. Leadership was not on my radar for yep. a lot of what we're doing here at XO. And then you bringing Releaders to the table, I was like, that gummit, that's a good idea. Mm. It was a really, it was a really fresh look at what the leadership space needed was mm-hmm. a, a pinpointed message to a lot of people out there that find themselves, they didn't start it, but they're trying to figure out how to go forward with a new vision and honor the past or yep. figure out what went wrong with the past. And so it's a it's a big it's a big marketplace for it. And you you coined a term there that I feel resonates with a lot of people. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, that's that's amazing. And you said, well, maybe we can do something with XO or I was like, well, we're marriage mm-hmm. and you know, my dad has Bible prophecy stuff. But then other leadership gophers kept popping up their head and I yep. kind of started swatting them down. Whack a mole. 
Yep. And they, and then I realized, wait, my dad has leadership stuff too. Yep. And it's really good. And I need, I need to figure out how to make this work. And so we went on a journey together. Yeah. So tell them about Excel. Yeah. Like, so go ahead and tell them. We, we went awesome. on a journey to, to kind of figure out the leadership side of things. There's, there's so many leadership experts out there. Yeah. I find, you know, I really cherish whenever I'm listening to somebody in the leadership space that's actually leading something. Yeah. And I feel like my dad, you know, has led <clears throat> from, from the helm and his, his leadership lessons are those sorts of lessons that he learned doing the thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's not just giving you the recipe. He's giving you the recipe he's cooked many, many times mm -hmm. and he knows how to, how to detail it out. So he has that, he's got 40 years of experience in yeah. that camp. Yeah. And so he's got the content. I've just never had an outlet for it. Yep. And so as I started exploring the leadership space, realizing that guys like you who are also leading and, and releading and, and my dad and there's others out there didn't have really a place to put that content where it made sense, you know, cause it's sometimes leadership can be the other, the other thing they're doing, not mm -hmm. the primary thing. Mm -hmm. So in that, on that journey, excellence and leadership was kind of birth which which is this platform we're trying to build and xo is marriage xl for excellence and leadership mm -hmm. is sort of that leadership version of what we're trying to do and it's brand new so we're just yeah. we're just starting it yeah but the releader podcast your book everything kind of fit really well within this whole uh, shift that we're trying to make into leadership to make sure that we have some of the best content out there but also some of the best voices. And I, th I think you fall directly in that camp. So it was exciting for me and it's been cool to see it resonate with people. And you've done a great job of, of putting quality content together beyond the book. Mm -hmm. So your posts that you do, your videos, and you can see it in the comment section or you can see it in, in people's reactions to your, your videos or your post. Like you're telling a story or you're telling a principle that applies real time to yeah. their lives. And yeah. they're very thankful for that. Yeah. So it's really cool to see. And it's, it's an honor to be on the, the show today just to be able to, um, you know, become a part of, you know, what you're trying to tell the story of yeah. on the relater side from, you know, my vantage point, which, you know, I'm also trying to relead something. Yeah. That's why I want to have you on. And, you know, Part of what you've done with XO, but now also with XO Parenting, starting an XO XL leader, you've you're you're finding a way to take what used to be a one lane of of marriage today, and finding ways to broaden it into other spaces. And so, really, that's what I want to dive into because you are a real leader, and and there's a lot of things that the real leader community can learn from how you've done things and why you've done things. Because you've done things, because we've talked about this on the show, but there's really two types of releaders. There are those who are are called to come in on the heels of a devastating situation, or maybe there was poor leadership or poor structure or whatever it is, and you got to fix stuff you didn't break. And then there's a whole nother realm of leaders that, that are coming in that they relead something, but it's not necessarily broke. Now, there's a lot of things that may need to change or, or reshape what you've done, but there's a big difference between following a bad leader or bad leadership um, and a, and somebody who's a really great leader. And you, and I don't know which one's harder, um, depending on what pieces of the puzzle you're picking up or the wreckage, but you are coming in on what I think would be ridiculously hard, following 
Jimmy Evans in a sense. And well, it's super easy to follow somebody that just imploded because everything beyond the implosion looks fantastic. Huh? That's true. If you can, that's if the, you can that's put two part. sentences together, you're like, okay, we have a guy who can talk. <laughs> but whenever you're still leading something like I am and Jimmy Evans is, is involved still, which is, we have a fantastic relationship. Uh, you know, for me, I, I have to redefine myself mm-hmm. away from who he is yep. because if I compare myself to him, I'll get tripped up immediately. Yep. And then I become somebody I'm not. Yep. And so I've 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 learned to become confident in who I am and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. I don't I don't have to be as as you know deep theological or masterful with master my teacher. Yeah. As my dad is, but also my dad do, doesn't do things that I do. Yep. And I think that's the you know the definition of you know true confidence is believing that you can do what you do and somebody else can do what they do. And there's not a competition there. But that's a massive part of the problem is that most most leaders, when they're naming their successor, they think their successor has to be a DNA, not just a DNA physically, but a DNA literal match to their style, talent, giftings, anointings, whatever. I know. Because my dad when my dad was my dad was integrated into the church world through a very particular path. Yep. And I didn't get that. Yep. And I don't also don't want to be the trust fund kid who just grew up in a church or in an organization that just got handed to him. Yep. And I feel entitled or whatever. Yep. And you know, John and you Max- gotta pretend to be him. Yeah. John Maxwell said something one time I was I used to consume a lot of Maxwell stuff in my twenties, but one of the things I heard him say live he, in his in his John Maxwell way, he John said, Maxwell. he said, uh, you know, a young man came up to me after one of my talks and he said, I want to do what you do. Mm. And John said, I looked at him, I said, yeah, but do you want to do what I did? Mm. Do you want to go through the battles <laughs> and, that I went know, through? You know, you, you really can look at yeah. a lot of things. And I've been with EXO First Marriage Today for 18 years. Mm. And before that, I was, I was still around doing some stuff and, you know, you can, you can look at my dad and what he's built, or you can look at me and what I've kind of come behind my dad and try to help build. Mm-hmm. But there were some really dark seasons Yep. and people don't always, always see that. So I feel like, uh, if a leader isn't challenged, mm-hmm. if, if a, if a soldier never went to war, yeah, it's hard for them to describe war. Yep. Really, yeah, and I, I feel like I can stand toe to toe with anybody mm-hmm. in the space and say, I I have fought those battles. I bled. Yep. Yes, yeah. Like I've gone through seasons where I didn't I didn't know if we would make it. I've gone yep. through seasons where I've been betrayed. I've gone through seasons where I have felt me personally. Yep. Not my dad. Yep. I've lived it. Yep. And so I don't have to always run to Jimmy Evans to know the answer, yeah. which I think is helpful now in this season. I'm 46 years old. Mm-hmm. I I have a burden to make this just as strong as he did. And and that's important. I think, you know, whatever leader you're following, you know, having some sort of trust yep. that they are in it yep. fully and yep. that they're not just there because their daddy started it, but they're there because they truly believe that they want to make a, a, a difference. And they're operating in their gifts, not daddy's gifts or somebody their their predecessors gifts. like it's okay for brent to be brent so for it's okay for brent to say i'm more of a genius on the marketing business side than i am on the preaching teaching side and just settling into that space and operating in that space and i think i think that you did that you've done that well when everybody would have maybe thought well brent is going to be just like his dad someday 
when you made it clear from the get-go, no, that's not me. That's not my gift set. I think you just have to have the courage to, to say something because I just believed everything I was being told when I came into the space. Mm-hmm. People just kept telling me things and I would look at the balance sheet or the budget or the P&L and I'd be like, that doesn't make any sense business-wise. Mm. Well, we're just a television ministry. That's just the way it is. <laughs> you just You just pump a bunch of money into Christian television and at some point it pays off. And <laughs> I just, sounds like a, <laughs> that's so I'm laughing because that sounds like uh, the church world. Yeah, well, we don't understand it, so we just keep trucking. And you don't want to be the guy that's like, <laughs> "Hey, listen, I don't, I don't want to say anything, but we're headed towards a, a cliff if we don't." And in, you know, in the you world, you don't have faith, Brent. That's the problem. That's right. I didn't have faith, and you know, in those seasons, we were relying upon a couple of donors to step up and save our bacon, and. It was a terrible, terrible time for uh, us as a team because it was feast or famine. Yeah. But also, you know, I would. I was I was 27 when I started here, so I was a young pup, mm-hmm. and I just felt like I was needing to shut up and listen. Yeah. And then at some point, things became so alarming to me that I couldn't not say something. Mm-hmm. And so when I told my dad I wanted to get off television, that was like, that was like a that was like one of the talks, the pivotal talks that we yeah. had. Where when was, was that? You think like how far into your tenure here were those? Did those conversations start happening? About twelve years in, yeah. ten to twelve years in. Yep. And the world was changing. Yep. We saw it. Everyone yep. saw it. Yep. But for so my dad started the ministry in nineteen ninety four. So for him, there were no cell phones like yep. there are today. There was no social media platforms. It was either radio or television. Yeah. So when you're talking about a guy with a vision, he only had to pass to go national or international. Yep. It was radio or television. Or you could do, I guess, um, when they have those chain chain letter things, you could go <laughs> direct mail. Send uh, pigeons. So the the idea of, of something different than television was cataclysmic for the outreaches of the ministry because, I mean, that's just the way it always, always was. Mm-hmm. But the, the challenge whenever you do something for that long, for 20 years, and it's a, it's a, it's it's a uh, degrading outlet because yeah. not only were people cutting the cables, but we were on for marriage. Like the the show was yeah. built to reach an audience that on those platforms, half of those people didn't even want to, they didn't yeah. want to care about. They didn't yeah. care about marriage. They didn't want to hear about that. Yeah. They liked Jimmy Evans' content. Yeah, it's more of an on demand topic. It's not a you know what are you doing tonight? Oh, we can't wait because tonight at eight o'clock. We're going to sit down and learn about marriage. And everybody's going to fight their fight. So I know Christian programmers would say, the, the, the networks would say, oh, we're stronger than we've ever been. And that's fine. You can, ha- you can have, we can debate that. All I'm saying is poll, take a poll yeah. on people under six years old and they're just not tuning into that stuff anymore. But here's what I, the question I want to ask you is, yeah, um, how, do I, how do I word this? So you reled this this particular, let's talk specifically about switching from TV to online. It's really profound to think that you took something that was working. Now you saw a diminishing return. It was beginning to tail off and you saw the future, but how do you convince an industry, uh, an organization that an industry is beginning to fail? Like that, that takes, it takes a, um, a lot of, boldness and confidence and 
especially with your dad being there. Like, obviously, you guys have an amazing working relationship. A lot of times when a when a successor comes in, if the predecessor stays around, it's usually a train wreck. So for you guys to be able to do that well is is unbelievable. I do think part of that is because you have you bring different gift sets to the table. He trusts your gift sets, you trust his gift sets, and it and it goes from being a competitor or we're against each other to we make each other stronger. But how did you how did you come into an organization that had been working a certain way? Like what gave you the confidence? I guess is what I'm asking to say, man, this is because that was a massive risk. It was. It really was a defining moment for me because if it hadn't worked, then I would have I would have been spit out. I think at some point uh, of of the organization naturally, just been like this guy screwed up. Yeah, you know, we we got to go back to what was working or go back to something else. But I believed in it a lot, and so much so that I was willing to stake my claim on it. And and also Mm. for me, you know, the the burden for Christian television just wasn't there. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that. I didn't have that same, uh, you know, awareness of of the the value of that. Yep. And but if you had conversations with some of even the big name organizations, big ministries out there that were on Christian television, mm-hmm. they were quietly saying the same thing. They just had more cash mm. to make decisions long longer yep. they term. They could decisions. drag it out longer. Yes, we didn't have the cash. Yep. So we had to make. More, you had to rob from Peter to pay Paul. Right. We had to make really quick decisions yep. that once we started seeing things change, we didn't have 10 years to figure it out. Yep. And thankfully in the moment, so with with, with everything, there, I think there's a God component to it because in that moment it was really a God season Yeah. where we were in a place where my dad was uh, very involved still in the church world and it gave me, he gave me the freedom. Uh, to my mm-hmm. dad's credit, he has never been... Um, you know, uh, tricky with me. Yep. Hey, I'm going to let you do this. But, oh, not really. Not really. He's never come in. And he's been very great. And I think that's a that's huge. If anybody's out there in a transition season, I think say that. If anything else, yes. my dad and I could give you some pointers on yes. you know, on his side of what he's done and on on my side. But you know, it was it was great because what I was able to do is go. Okay, I've got I've got some time. Mm-hmm. I've got a little bit of money now to to invest in these things. And I just started asking some big questions. Hmm. Why, why can't we produce revenue in these areas? Mm-hmm. Like why, why not? Mm-hmm. These other groups are these other, you know, secular groups. I have to use the word secular. That's some Christian lingo right there. Marketplace. The there's the groups out there that are making all these money on all this money on other places, yep. in in outlets and in, in media outlets. That I was just saying, why can't we do that? And yeah. so we we went on a path and I started studying some other models of ways to do it, not ministry models, but mm-hmm. really just business, business models. Yeah. And, and just started trying to create multiple streams of, of revenue because I didn't want to rise and fall on one thing. Yep. And we were rising and falling on Christian television yep. and that could have been anything. Yeah. You know, in the, in the corporate world, everyone knows this. If you have one client, yep. you're toast. You're in, to- you're in trouble. Because if that client goes away, you're, you're, you're closing shop. And I never wanted to be 100% reliant on donor donors, yeah, yeah. which we definitely will love our donors and grateful for it. But even that, you know, if you have one or two big donors that are keeping it afloat, well, then you're at risk. Donors are grateful that you're not totally dependent upon them. Absolutely. Like donors hate you coming back to the same pond every year. Hey, we need another hundred grand. Whereas you're saying, Hey, instead of needing a hundred grand to put, to turn the lights on, 
we need a hundred grand to do this new innovative thing. I mean, that's absolutely, that's brilliant. Yeah, a lot of this was built out of frustration. I feel like I'm always frustrated. I'm trying to turn over a new leaf, people. <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. I'm always frustrated with things, so I'm always trying to resolve that frustration. I think that's part of leadership, though. It, it, frustration is what leads us to change. Yeah, so like publishing was publishing was birthed because I was frustrated with our publishing agreements. Yes, which by the way, I meant to say this earlier, but I'm publishing my book through XO. Yeah. Press. Yeah. Is it press? We're no. going to do XL. XO. Yeah, XO Publishing. XO Press is the coffee shop. XO Press is the coffee shop. We're drinking <laughs> the the fruit of XO Press. XO Publishing. Xo Publishing. Either okay. way it works. Yeah. Uh, anyways, go ahead. The uh where was I? I don't know. Talking about the publishing company. Yeah, so the, the publishing. I just asked the question, why do we have to use these traditional publishers who literally are just yeah. removing the name of the previous author, putting the new, like putting, for example, my dad's name in there and just submitting this standard agreement mm -hmm. where they're they're taking they're your taking baby. everything, yeah. And they're going to own that baby yep. forever, really. they they We still have a couple of my dad's books out there. Super frustrated because the, the publishing house will not release the rights and they just sit on it. And and it's hmm. it's it's only frustrating because I know that we can still minister with that content in yeah, new ways. A, we can refresh a, it. Not a that sounds stupid and religious to say a holy frustration, but it's like a rever it's like a it's a good frustration. Jesus turned the tables over for a reason. And I think that's leaders get frustrated about things and that's the that's the spark or the seed that's gonna motivate you to create change. So yeah. that's a good thing. So we, we started EXO Publishing and it became immediately a boost mm. in revenue for us. Mm. I mean, we were we were just owning yep. all of the margin on yep. the books instead of giving it over to the publishers. And for us, that that's lifeblood. Yep. And we can and it, we can now control our own destiny with that, but also we can ensure that we have, you know, when, when you, whenever it's it's hard in the ministry world, and I, I want to go off on a little bit of a tangent. Money is required to do ministry, yep. and ministry, you know, happens because yep. as a byproduct of, of money. So you kind of have to have these things always out there, and then you have people who make it you feel gross for asking for money. Yeah, but you can't do all the fun stuff without you it. You have to. And so for me, I go well. We. I want to do the building. I want to do, we're launching Exo Parenting. Mm -hmm. We're launching all these things. Takes resources. We have to bring money in to do that. And so with the books, you know, I don't want to be the guy that's always peddling books, but it's a great way to get ministry out to people. Yeah. And and we in return and benefit from it. resource so we can do more things. Yeah. So yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a relationship that we have, but, but, Anytime you put God in the center of resources and money and sales, people get tripped over up over that. I would just challenge you, if you were going to Barnes and Noble, you would have no problem Zero. buying, you know, the, the latest John Grisham novel. And John Grisham is laughing all the way to the bank. And you don't look you don't feel bad about your Netflix Netflix subscription, right. you know? So some you're getting a product out of it. People may not be able to always, you know, give financially to support what we're doing, but when you purchase resources, you exo now, come and buy a cup of coffee. You are benefiting the ministry. Absolutely. And I feel that's a win for everyone because we want, we want to be able to bless your life. And I'm trying, my personal goal is to create opportunities mm -hmm. for us both to win. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a really challenging mindset. I think for some people in the Christian space yeah. is, is eh. setting up those kind of programs. 
Let them be upset. Okay. Well, that that's the frustration is like, you know, you, you can you can get yourself into a little bit of a tangent for, you know, making sure you're not nobody wants to be greedy. Right. And you're not trying to gouge people, price gouge people. Just the opposite from my side is that we're trying to make things uh, appropriate. But for publishing and then whenever one of the other frustrations that was out there was you know, my dad was the only person mm-hmm. that was yeah. doing all this. Yeah. And so I was sitting there going, watching him. I tell him, I tell him this kind of stuff all the time. I was watching him like, you're the commodity. <laughs> and if you're not here, then yeah. we're all. This whole thing go, well, it's not good stewardship. As much as everyone wants to hear Jimmy Evans speak, it's not good stewardship to put all of our eggs in that basket. Because if something were to happen, then the whole ministry. Yeah. Well, he's young and healthy. Fail. Yeah. But, but, but he was getting worn out because he was speaking all the time. And yeah. So that frustration birthed me looking for other speakers, yep. and we've we've broadened yeah. our contributor yep. uh, pool. So we have Which more speakers than ever, and great great couples that speak on marriage, and yep. even on the Bible prophecy side, we have other people besides my dad. And then yep. in the leadership space, I'm trying to broaden yep. him through multiple voices. But that was birthed out of a frustration that I yep. had. So I found in a season I was just super frustrated with a lot of things. Yep. And I was ready to resolve this frustration. Your frustration brought you to the point of pulling the trigger on something that was a risky thing to do. Right. So, so let's talk about for a second about the the relationship with your dad and how this was for the last eighteen years and high points, low points, difficulties, challenges, wins, losses for the people that might be like I was with pastors this week at a at a deal, and I think there were eight pastors in the room. Six of six of them were re-leaders. Uh, three of them were taking the church over from their dad. Mm. And the dynamics of that. So so one, you know, how how you navigated some of those waters, how your dad did it in a good way, or maybe maybe there were seasons where you guys just didn't get it right and it was a challenge. And then other times where it was like, man, I don't think this would have ever worked if we've already talked about a couple of them. And obviously your dad did a, a really great job of of one empowering you, letting you be you, not trying to make you be him, and empowering you to make crazy decisions that could wreck the organization. Like he he was okay with you pulling all TV ministry and going online instead. That's a he had showed a lot of trust. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners, are, are there things they could learn from the dynamics of you and your dad, whether they're learning from mistakes or learning from no, this is one thing we did right. Well, the 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 template for it, I think, changes based upon the personalities and the variables. Totally, of, of who, a million variables. Yeah, who's there? I think the the core of it, the nucleus of it, is is there a is there an honest temperament on both ends of making this a healthy transition? Mm-hmm. You know, is there is there a belief in both sides? Yep. And if if those things get off, for example, if I was chronically frustrated with my dad, yep. and I was trying to pull away from things so much that it 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 offended him or yeah. or dishonored him it wouldn't work and vice versa if i was a young leader who was just chomping at the bit to to lead mm-hmm. and was being squelched by my dad who never gave me an opportunity i was just frustrated all the time yep. and i couldn't do anything about it because he wouldn't listen to me then you know, I probably would move on. Yep. And that's that's the that's the thing that happens is in a lot of the transition. There's a lot of transition happening right now. Tons. I and, mean, and even more coming. 
Well, you just, you know, all these churches that blew up in the 80s, 90s, yep. 2000s, the pastors are, you know, 60, 60s, 70, 80. Yeah. And we're getting to see a lot of re-leader happening. Very much so. And it, I, and I hear the, the pain points out there. I know it's challenging. And I've seen, I've seen from just my personal, you know, lookout tower, I've seen the, the ones winning and it's no, it's no surprise why they're winning. Yeah. It's because they, they gave it time. Yeah. And the, the successor was qualified before mm-hmm. the moment happened. Mm-hmm. And there's not, there's not a, that doesn't mean that it can't happen like a Joel Osteen moment where John Osteen died and Joel Osteen was in the production department and then, yeah. you know, was thrust on stage yep. and now he's Joel Osteen. Yep. That can happen. I would say it's actually easier, um, not when this one dies, but when someone's gone. Like I agree with it, that. They, it's really hard to transition Reliever, if your predecessor is still around, um, in fact, you don't really find a lot of that in the Bible. Elijah, when when Elisha took over, Elijah was gone. When Joshua took over, Moses was gone. And so, it can be done. I agree with you. You guys are proof of that. And so that's why I think I'm so curious as to some of the things you did right, some things you did wrong, because it it it's it's more it's more rare to see it done well when the predecessor sticks around. Well, typically when a church is successful, it's because the personality of the founder is so strong. Yeah, they, that's they've, right. they've got a strong vision, they've that's got a strong right. personality, and they have led that thing. One particular strong gift. Yeah, yeah. Uh, up a, you know, up a mountain, and now they're 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 you know really proud of the fact that they're at the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And so when you tell that person their time, you tap them out, and you go, "Hey, listen, this next guy's coming in." They're like, "No, nah, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm liking my my mm-hmm. spot." Mm-hmm. And their and their life after that, you know, that hill, the top of the hill moment, they can't see beyond that. Mm-hmm. They, they don't know what that looks like. But it's not about them, right? The people in the congregation are the ones they should be thinking about. Yep. And you know, when you have a person that's strong, they typically think all those people are there for them. But if if they're not careful, that moment that that you know, the, the people that have been there for so long and they, they adore this person, they start to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. They start to turn because they're like, they're, they're not, they're not the same person they used to be. Mm-hmm. They've changed and, and now they're, they're, they're not feeding me fresh. They're just kind of there. Yeah. As opposed to a young leader who's, who's wanting to give their best. Yep. You know, it, it it would be the same. You know, Aaron Rodgers, bless his heart, because he tore his Achilles this <laughs> he week. He was on my fantasy team. I don't, I don't mean to t- time this this uh, podcast, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers wishes he was still in his twenties. Mm-hmm. Trying to act like he still is. He's gonna have to, to hang it up pretty soon. To, he's done, bro. He said he might want to come back. And no, he did not. Did he really? He, he mentioned that he's. You know, I think that I don't think he wants to let his fans down. Yeah. But just like Brady, at some point, there's no, no, there's, there's no, no more gas in the tank. But you saw how Brady went out, man. He mm-hmm. he screwed that up bad, big time, bad. And you know, Giselle, you, I don't know the full story, right? We're we're all just mm-hmm. armchair armchair quarterbacks when it comes to talking about that whole marriage component of Brady and Giselle. But I I would think that just because we do marriage stuff, mm-hmm. just as a normal wife. You're going back to football. You just retired. Yeah. Are you kidding me right now? And so he wanted to, I'm, I'm sure it was hard to hit for him to give it up. Yep. 
I mean, he was so good. Yep. And and he he had a hard time giving that up. Didn't help his marriage either. Right. And I think that <laughs> I think that really caused casualty in his relationships. Yep. But in the church world, it's the same thing. Yep. You know, you're just not willing to give it up because you don't want to. Well, we find our we we unfortunately we get our identity wrapped up in it. It's we're we're just as susceptible as anybody in the world, and most people are susceptible to power and money. And it's sad to say that that creeps its way into the church, but um, yeah, a lot of pastors don't plan for retirement well, and a lot of pastors get used to the, oh, that was such a great sermon, pastor. Mm-hmm. You just changed my life, pastor. And unfortunately, it creeps in. Sure. I get it. I, I, I think I think one of the reasons you, Dad, and you have done it so well that's helped is that the fact that you do have different gifts. Like imagine if you came in and you were Jimmy Evans 2.0 and you had the same gifting, same talent. You were you were a strong teacher, preacher. Would it be the case that if he would have stuck around and stayed the predominant or stayed in that role, you're coming in and obviously you'd be very gifted and anointed if you had the same talents and gift as your dad. And so would there be more challenge there? But since you're coming in as like, look, I don't want to be you and you don't want to be me and I can't be you and you can't be me. Instead of being this against or c- competitiveness, it, like it, it's almost like a supercharger, you guys coming together. I think in that moment though, if you if you think about it, there's such a a rare look or it's, it's, a, it's a, it would be something that would be remarkable to see a an aged veteran in his prime still, mm-hmm. and now a young blood mm-hmm. of of that same talent coming up. You're yeah. seeing almost like the Ken Griffey Jr. and Senior Griffey Jr. playing at the same time, or yeah. you know these these moments of like Dion right now with his yeah. son. Yeah, you know you're seeing these like athletes who were just amazing, yeah. and now you're watching their offspring come up, and you're just excited about that. Yep. I can't tell you how excited I am about Tiger Woods' son, and I haven't even watched him play. He's not going to throw. He could turn out to be like a, you know, whatever. But you, I know, but but I agree with you. It would be amazing. So I think that in that moment, then then it's the responsibility of the elder talent to submit to, or to, 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 to step aside, yeah, or to, to know their place. Yes, but and, that's the problem, and to realize that they when whenever whenever the Rolling Stones come on stage. Oh my gosh! I mean, they're the Rolling Stones. People mm-hmm. love them. Have you ever seen the Rolling Stones <laughs> recently? I mean, it's kind of yeah. you know you have to really love the Rolling Stones, and so yeah. the Rolling Stones aren't trying to be. They they know their place, yeah, and they can do a concert with another group and know that you know there's now new groups coming in, yeah. They don't have to take the whole stage, but they can still be themselves, yeah. But you know now there's there's new groups coming in, and there there's just a there's a there's a way to do both, yeah. But the problem is is ego. And pride and titles, mm-hmm. and and you know, and the congregation has a role to play. Does the or you know, a lot of times on this podcast we talk more about business and and kind of bleed in church too. I know we're talking about the church a lot in this episode, and that's okay. But the congregation has a role to play in who am I going to accept? And they get so used to somebody, you know, whether it's a the caliber of teaching that they're used to getting, and then the a successor comes in and they can't help but compare the new guy to the old guy. Uh, it's just tricky. It's just really, I, really I tricky. I feel like a, a very secure leader will allow young talent to be on stage and highlight them. Mm-hmm. 
and even if they're still you know doing their thing on stage yeah they're not threatened by yeah. somebody who's a young dynamic speaker coming in because they know their place yep but an insecure leader or an insecure speaker or whatever it is will almost shelter mm-hmm. the talent mm-hmm. so that it doesn't upstage them yeah and that's where i feel like it can get really really un- unfortunately nasty to the younger generation yeah to keep them out because you're so yeah insecure about them taking your spot sorry i'm getting a phone call take it no it's okay is it it's my friend Oscar. is it your uh, car warranty has it, has it expired it is my car i'm calling you about your car warranty i, I think i told you i got scammed or I, I almost <laughs> got scammed last week it was the best scam call you almost bit huh i i nibbled <laughs> it, it almost did and it was i don't want to go on because this is going to be you know out there but because i don't want to <laughs> I don't want other scammers out there to realize that I'm a, on, I'm a mark. I got scammed on Instagram. But I felt Are like such a boomer, and I'm sorry, boomers, for pulling you into this. <laughs> I felt like I was the guy that was- With the flashlight for your ringtone? <laughs> <laughs> I was giving them too much information, but it was really good. It was sophisticated. Huh. You can't do it. You can't tell us what it is. Well, I don't want to. Okay. Because so, you'll look like an idiot? <laughs> no, because I'm so freaked out that- you don't want to if give anybody this goes an idea. Online, that so they'll know they'll know that I have this type of account and uh, and that I can be called. And they, it was really it was really really well so done. I took the bait on something on Instagram the other day, so I got an ad popped up, and it was one of those some water gun ads, and it was like rather be in the summer, and. You've probably seen the ad. They stick the water gun down in the thing and it charges up and there's like a little digital screen on it and it charges up to 100 and then they shoot each other and it's like crazy bursts of pressure and I'm like, that's an amazing water gun. I'm buying that for my son. Pool season. I buy it. It's like two for two guns for 70 bucks or something. I buy them and like nothing, 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 nothing ever comes, never, never get an email about shipping. And then all of a sudden, just one day, I get this package in the mail. And it's like, I'm telling it's like this big. And I, for those of you that are listening, I'm talking like the size of a wallet. And I open it, and it is a it is a water gun, like a water pistol, one of the old Dollar General. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, are you serious right now? That, are you, that's what it was? I guess. It's the only water gun that I've ever gotten in the mail. I gave 80 bucks. And your, and your account was debited and everything? Totally. Took, debited <laughs> my account. Anyways, I don't know how we got off on topic on that. Well, scammers. And, you know, whatever. I was scammed and I, I feel violated. <laughs> but, you know, it made me smarter and now I'm, I'm – my, my stuff is Fort Knox now. Thanks thanks to that. What is there something you feel like you didn't do right along that journey? Or a time where you and your dad may have had an argument or a conflict or disagreement or – I don't know. Your dad may listen to this and shoot us both. But No, I – I, I mean, I think along the way, I had to learn how to. My, I had a conversation with my dad one time. This is probably a little bit more open and honest than I've ever been about it. And I would, because I would say things sometimes mm-hmm. in meetings or other times, and it was like I was invisible or like nobody could hear me. I would say the same things as everyone else. Mm. And. And my dad wouldn't listen to me when I said it. This was really early on in, yep, the, yep. in the time and season of the ministry. But whenever somebody else said the same thing, he would be like, so-and-so mm. said that. Let's, I like that. Mm. And so I said, it, I said it to him one time. And one time it was about 
the ministry shutting down. When I first started, my dad wanted to shut down the ministry. Wow. And I said, I don't, I don't feel like God's calling us to do that. I, I really don't believe you're supposed to shut down, the, shut down the ministry. I feel like if God called you to this, he's going to, to make a way. Yeah. I said all this and then another board member, and he was kind of like, that's great, Brent. But then another board member said the same thing yep. and said, we started this ministry with a belief that this is going to be ch changing the world and we're not going to take it. You know, so that he, inspired him. But yeah, you he was like, yep. that's right. We're not, we're not giving up. And I, was, mm. so I said to him, I said, what am I not doing or what am I doing wrong that you don't hear me mm. or what I want to be able to deliver yeah. this burden or passion or whatever it is. Yeah. And he said, you know, there's a big difference whenever you say, Brent, I think something versus mm. I believe something. And the passion. With and it. the passion. So if you say, I think something, mm. then people won't take you seriously. If you say, I believe something, mm. then it has more weight to it. So just be careful of your words. Cause mm. I'm, I might have said, I think we're not supposed to give up, yep. but I need, it, it developed a little bit of a, um, desire in myself to want to stand up for myself. Yep. My dad is a very, very alpha type yeah, male. Totally. Man's man. He's not scared of anything. Mm -hmm. He um he always has been. Yep. And I think when you grow up with that, you take it for granted because you don't really you're not really aware of the fact that not everyone's built that way. Yep. But my dad's very gracious with that. Yep. He doesn't he doesn't lord it over. No, yep. he doesn't. He really yep. doesn't. But yep. he's just strong. Yep. And sometimes people that are in a room with him are intimidated and he hasn't even done anything. Yep. And I've I've been around other alpha type males that have said the same thing. It's like some people just come up to me and say, you made me scared when I was around you mm -hmm. and you didn't do anything. And they're like, thanks for that. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> and you know, for, for, for people like my dad, I have empathy because he doesn't know what he's doing wrong, yeah. but he's never going to not be strong. Yeah. So when like, you're around that a lot, if I, I'm around, I mean, I was around a lot like him and other senior pastor types. I was intimidated a mm -hmm. lot of times. I, I was, I was very aware of my intimidation and I didn't know how to get past it because mm. I felt like if I said something, I was just going to feel stupid. Mm. And I had to learn how to speak my mind yep. confidently Be confident. yep. and, and even say some things sometimes that might sound crazy. Yeah. And it took me a while to get there. Yeah. It took me a long time to get there. Well, I think it's good for real leaders to hear that is that, that from, from both sides, right? Like, so the, the, the successor has to be more confident even when they don't feel confident at times. But also I love, I love, um, the other side of that too. And so, so think about it from your dad's perspective. Like I picture my son, Jace, he's 13, you know, it was 10 years ago, 12, 11 years ago, I was wiping his butt. Mm -hmm. And then he's still an immature junior high kid. And at what point will my son get where I begin to see him as a man? Mm-hmm. And then not only will I begin to see him as a man, but a dad and then a leader, but there'll always be this thing in the back of my head as he's still my little boy. Mm -hmm. And at what point does the, does the dad have to say, no, my, my little boy is a heck of a leader. He's a man that makes really good decisions that now my little boy that I used to wipe his butt is 35 and he, he, there's areas that he is wiser than me in. Sure. So that's got to be a crazy time. We're going to both experience that as dads where our, where our kids will get smarter than us. Well, I had a conversation with my dad recently and just say, you know, I am 46 years old. I don't need you to build me up anymore. Like, mm. I don't need you to prepare a way for me in a room. Wow. Because sometimes he would come in and be like, very complimentary like he had to me. build you up. And I, I appreciated it, but it also made me feel like mm. I needed him to 
prop you up. Yeah, I don't like that. That's good. I, I, I mean, at this point in time, it's either I have it or I don't. That's I, really I don't need good. him to come up and prop me up. But if we're in the office, yep. and I've learned to embrace this too, because this, you know, it, I can sometimes feel like a little boy yep. in the in the office yep. with my parents, and everyone honors them here, and I and I really love that. Yep. And they have every right in the world to be the the still the face and name of patriarch the ministry, and matriarch, yeah, because they're still doing great ministry. Yep. But some and sometimes I can feel like the little boy, the yep. son. The yep. and my dad will use language sometimes like uh, big boy or yep. you know, yeah. <laughs> and and those are those are terms yep. of endearment. So, yeah. So that's where you kind of have to realize that. Yep. You know, there's there's lines that's good all over the place that you can get tripped up over, but the heart is really what matters. Mm-hmm. And the conversations. So my dad and I try and have really great touch points throughout the week that are not business related. Yeah. So we go to lunch. We'll catch up. I'm I'm trying to be more purposeful in my life about having meaningful conversations, yeah. even whenever I'm not thinking about it, because yeah. we can always talk business. So you know we're, we're not hunters and fishers. We to we're play, going go golfing. Golf. I know tomorrow. Golf is golf is where I can get some mental health and and connect with my dad and others, my buddies. I need that. Yeah, and, and you need that, and and otherwise it just becomes a grind. Yeah, and so so I, you I can, don't in the office you don't call him daddy. Or, or Papa, <laughs> Big Daddy, Papa, Hey Papa, Dad, Dad, you come in my office, Papa. <laughs> there are some. There, unfortunately, there's some very, uh, there's some very unhealthy, dysfunctional families out there where <laughs> I'm not so sure that there's not, you know, like the mom still comes up and cuts the food of the, the son <laughs> in his forties. But uh, no, my parents are great. They've done a great job, and uh, I've been friends with John long enough to know that in his eyes, he's ready to wrap this up. So we can wrap it up. I just don't know if anybody's <laughs> listening anymore. We're They're listening. What are you talking about? What? No, this has been fun for real, dude. No, it's it's been a blast, and I I think you've done an unbelievable job. You're one of the best leaders I know. Um, so we all get to be a part of what God's doing, and because of what your dad started, but because of what you're releading, Exo's just getting warmed up. So come watch us. Kudos to you. South Lake, Texas, 1021 Grace Lane. Yeah, swing by this place. You got to see it. It is open to the public. The uh, Exo Press. I will will put my reputation on the line. Yeah, and Brent wants to meet each of you individually. His cell phone number is 887. (laughs) (laughs) All right, dude. Love you. Thanks for coming on. You bet, bud. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching. As always, click on this thing. Give us likes. Share it on social media. Go to releader.co, get a part, be a part of this community. Love you guys so much. Thanks for watching. Until next time, go fix broke stuff. Bye.